to say, so even this last week at, at work, conversation got brought up about pronouns and, oh. you know, what people prefer. Uh-huh. And it got a little heated. So our office, we're pretty blunt in our office. Like, we, yeah. we all have a really good relationship. Um, and so we say what's on our mind. Um, but it was really interesting to see how, um, I don't know the, the right word. It got very emotionally heated. Put it that oh, way. yeah. Um, of, of people's opinions, which is fine. Like, people are entitled to that. And really, after the fact, I mean, because I tried to be pretty, pretty blunt. I'm like, you know what? This is not that big of a deal. Yet. Like, really? If that's what they choose, who cares? Yeah. It's not. It's not worth my energy. To be upset. I don't care. And you know, anyway. And so we were talking about that and how, um, kind of the whole the whole basis of the church is that we love one another. And if if Christ was here, he would love them and call them by what they would want to be called. Welcome to Not So Peter Priesthood Podcast. This is your host, Jake Taylor. Uh, right at the top, you can reach me at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com. Also, uh, if you can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, that's how I get discovered, how the podcast gets out to more people. Um, also, let's see, I always forget my announcements. Um, and you can also reach me if you want to get a hold of me. You can reach me at Instagram at notsopeterpriesthood. And that's all for announcements. So I'm really exciting here. Um, so we're just going to jump right in. I have a very special guest who prefers to remain anonymous. So we're just going to, uh, yeah, if I accidentally say her name, I will edit it out. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I am very pleased to welcome a very good friend of mine that I've uh, known for a while. Um and you can, uh, I don't even know, I usually <laughs> say the name, but <laughs> this is anonymous <laughs> person, <laughs> my, my friend. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Nice. I'm so glad to have you here. We've been talking for like a long time, trying to get this yeah. organized. So I'm glad we got it finally and scheduled, and I'm glad that you're willing to do it and uh talk about what we're going to talk about so um i know it's a little risky that's why you're keeping anonymous so um we're just gonna (laughs) i will keep um your specifics out of it but we'll um all i'm all we're gonna say i guess i mean it's part of the topic um but she you work at byu and um we won't say what you do. Um, how long have you worked there? Like, um, So I've been there part-time since fall of 2018. So oh, nice. almost three and a half years. So it's been a while. Um, kind of weird through the COVID times. but Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like working there? Is it like... 
in general, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a fun environment. I work with really great people. Um, I love working with the students uh, and the interactions that we have there have been really, really rewarding. Nice. So, um, let's see, there was a, oh, I'm so professional here. Let's see. Yeah, um, I had a question and then I just like blanked it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great here. Um, it's all so, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the, well, the thing, it wasn't really necessarily a question. I do want to tell the listeners um, you are a, an active Mormon and you, yeah. you're actually the first active Mormon that I had on my podcast. So. Congratulations, okay. I guess. Hey, <laughs> I'll take that distinction. Yeah. Um, yes, I oh, will that... say I, I am probably a little non-traditional Mormon. Yeah. Like, we go to church, but I mean, pretty regularly. I mean, like, I'm the Relief Study president right now. So, that's a thing. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> it, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but we are definitely not your typical Utah Mormon family. I'll, I think that's a good way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Does it feel weird to be a Relief Society president to think of, like, because, like, growing up, I was always like, oh, I would never be, like, an elders quorum president, you know, mm-hmm. just like, and then, I don't know, then you get to that age and you're like, oh, well, I guess here I am. Oh, <laughs> I guess it's a thing. Yeah. It's weird. I'm not yeah. a fan. <laughs> but it's fine. It's good. Um, so the reason we started talking was, well, I mean, okay. I mean, we've been talking. It's weird because you and I met, like, way long time ago. When did we? In person. Yes. Like, 20 years yeah. ago, something like that. Mm, and, yeah, probably. And I only met you once yeah. in person, right? And then... Once or twice, so. maybe, and then, um, uh-huh. and then we just like kept in touch over social media, and like we talk books every now and then. Yeah. And we just kind of. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because you knew my husband first. Yeah. But it's been a fun connection. For yeah, sure. for sure. Um, but the let's see, yeah, we met through your husband, and then. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it was probably six, sixteen, seventeen years ago. At least. We've been married almost 16. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I don't like to think about that. Anyway, uh, moving no, on. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yes. Um, so the reason we started like having this idea to have you on the show was um, because we were, it was right after the infamous, now infamous, talk mm-hmm. given by... Uh, Jeffrey R. Holland at BYU, uh, where he talked about musket yeah. fire and um, mm-hmm. the, especially the LGBTQIA plus um, students, especially at BYU, BYU and BYU Idaho and like all those um, and members who um, present that way, who identify that way, or and even like like me, who is an ex Mormon who um who is gay like people like mm-hmm. me that you know felt very um 
passionate about it, very offended too, and for good reason because he's. Yeah. Um, and the, there's a lot of, I mean, very differing reviews about it. Especially, I would, I have an aunt who mm-hmm. defended him against, you know, with me and said that I was misinterpreting everything. Um, and it's we were talking about this before we started recording was that it's like been almost a year or something like that since that talk yeah. which feels weird because it seems like just yesterday <laughs> right it's still, it still feels really fresh yeah so um let's see so, so i guess what was what's the hmm, what's the climate at byu since that talk has happened and I guess so even I, before, you can talk about like maybe before right. and like how it's kind of differing. Where it's gone from there. So I will say that, you know, I had a lot of learning to do myself. It's not something I'm an expert at now either. Um, but I had a student who worked for us in particular who was really, so he was openly gay at BYU, which in and of itself is huge. Huge. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, huge, really risky, um, and he paid some pretty significant consequences for it um, in his mental health, in honor code, in various um, circumstances. But we, I have learned a ton from him that has really shaped my perspective on things. Um, but beforehand, before this talk, it felt like we were make, gaining some traction, like we started at BYU schools started having a rainbow day that was uh, started by students who it wasn't a protest. It wasn't anything. It was just once a semester wear rainbow to sh- support those at BYU uh, who are on the, on that spectrum, mm-hmm. um, which was such That's a really cool. cool yeah. thing. It's really cool. So they call it color the campus. Um, and it started at BYU, but has spread to BYU Idaho as well as BYU Hawaii. Um, and then this last fall, it was really cool to see my friends on social media, both within and without, like outside the church, um, who adopted that within their families and their own communities outside of BYU, just to show that support and love and, and inclusiveness. So that was really, really cool to see uh, gain some traction on campus, mm-hmm. um, as well as right before Elder Holland's talk. I think it may have even been announced the same day uh, that BYU had created this committee for. Oh, and he talks about that in his for, talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't remember what it's called, diversity and inclusiveness or something like yeah. that. And. So it, I don't know if it almost presented a sense of false security, but almost just like, awesome, you know, we're making some progress here. Um, and then to see that hurt that really came from that talk and felt like a huge step back for sure. Yeah, like a slap in the face. Like it's like uh, mm-hmm. giving a, um, give me a little like, breadcrumb here but then like oh mm-hmm. nope just kidding you can't you know you, you reach for the yeah. the whole piece of bread and then you just like get slapped you know kind of uh-huh. thing like, yep oh just kidding <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and i guess at the same time was the whole honor code like they had revised the honor code 
-hmm. And at first they had made it sound like there wouldn't be honor code ramifications uh, for being in a gay relationship. Um, And then a few weeks later it had, they came out with a question that essentially reversed it. Um, So it's no longer that way? No. No. Basically it was like, it wasn't intended to come across that way. That's not really what it meant. But a lot of people were really excited about that. Obviously, yeah. like as they should be. Yeah. Huh. So there was a lot of hurt under underlying hurt anyway going on. Yeah. At the time. And that was right before the talk or that that got reversed or I right don't remember the, the in the timeline, but it was all right in there about the same time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I remember there was a also a I can't remember when it was it kind of right after the talk when they lit up the the Y with rainbow yeah. colors, and then, mm-hmm. and then they just recently, maybe like a month or two ago, came up with like a banning of being like going up there and doing anything on the Y. Yeah, so I'm actually familiar with the student who uh, coordinated that the first time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So again, such a cool guy. Um, who truly was inspired to do that, in my opinion. He mm-hmm. saw a need and saw how powerful that could be and did something about it. And yeah. it was so cool to see. Um, and just the, the community that it brought mm-hmm. together, like he talked about his mom coming and his mom calling his aunt and his aunt, because his mom was like, I don't know if I can hike up the way. Because it's a pretty significant hike to get up there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and she's like, oh, well, I'll come with you and, you know, help you do it. And it was just this really cool community building opportunity in general, plus a way just to express that love and inclusiveness. Um, and again, I saw so many people post about it and say, you know, my, if I would have seen this as, at a excuse me, as a student at BYU, or when I was living in Provo, or, you know, whatever the circumstance be, I would have had a completely different experience. Absolutely. And so it was such a cool thing to see, um, and I'm curious to see if it happens again. Um, yeah. I know it was in the works, um, mm. and BYU has said that they won't permit it, but really it's, so they use big flashlights with, mm. like, colored lenses on it um, so it's not hurting anything it's pretty I don't know pretty mild yeah compared to what some other <laughs> things could be yeah for sure well, it's very not, powerful yeah and it's good um well at least they're not it's not like they're vandalizing anything either you know it's no. not like they're making some permanent Mm-mm. damage they're to the painting it they're not yeah. running wires anything like that but on the flip side there were a lot of people who were upset as well i mean obviously it's a very mormon Mm -hmm. community and frankly utah utah's kind of weird i will just (laughs) just say that utah in general is kind of weird and the church in utah is kind of weird oh yeah it's a whole other entity there yeah for sure it is 
it is and robo in particular oh yeah that's the thick of it for sure it's Uh the it's the heart of the weird the heart (laughs) of the weird happy valley it's (laughs) Uh um yeah i wonder why that yeah i've so you get both spectrums oh yeah for sure so there was there a lot of so you so you had both ends of the spectrum where there was like the polar opposite um, reactions to mm-hmm. it. There were people that were mad about it. and Oh, for sure. Oh, wow. Because yeah. even on my Facebook, yeah. it was all over the place on, on mine. So I, mm-hmm. um, it was usually about, you know, the good, you know, like, good, finally, right. you know, something's happening good, you know. And, um, and actually just recently for Valentine's Day, they had a, quote-unquote protest i don't know if it was necessarily a protest i don't know if you heard about this or saw it or anything there was a oh, i don't think i did oh what was it called they had a name for it but they did a um they just had like a gathering of lgbtq people that were supposed to just gather in this one place and be um oh did i lose you are you still there oh yep oh you're I'm good i'm still here sorry okay no you're yeah. good um they were supposed to gather, what was it, some, like, one of the common areas, and then they, um, like, holding hands and, like, wearing rainbow and, like, um, just being publicly affectionate and stuff, you know, and um, mm-hmm. that w- and just to kind of, like, like, because it was Valentine's Day and also to be kind of, like, a little bit in your face about it, you know, just kind of, like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was, yeah. I mean, the, from what I did see, it was a good turnout and it was a good positive thing. It wasn't like meant to be like hurtful for like yeah. people that are against, you know, anti-gay or whatever. Right. It was meant to just be like a a moment of, hey, we're here and we we're um we're here and we're queer and we're proud, you know, like that kind of thing. So <laughs> um, right, right, yeah. And I have never seen anything on campus hurtful to anybody. It's always been like a, hey, we're here, we're part of this community, and we just want to be accepted and loved. It has never, in my opinion, felt in any way like any harm was trying to be done. Right. So a big question I have, and I, I don't know if you can answer it as far as like, Maybe you don't have a definitive answer, but, um, and I, I mean, I went to BYU, BYU, Idaho, but I was definitely a closeted gay Mormon, you know, definitely. And at the time when I was going, it wasn't like, it's definitely more accepted now when I was going, it was definitely like, you don't even talk about it. It's not even a thing. Like, um, if you are gay, you can't like the two things can't Mm -hmm. coexist. And I feel like now there's kind of, we're getting into this realm where it's, Like, it's a little, it's definitely more accepted, and it's kind of inching its way into more people are becoming more aware, and yeah, and um, so something that I get, I got all the time when I was, when I was there too, but like, even now, like, um, anytime I think about BYU students that are LGBTQ+, like, why Mm -hmm. are they going to BYU if they know that it's the honor code, um, the only thing I can think of, and I guess maybe you could speak more to this, but the, um, like, it's a cheaper tuition, it's, and 
also right. like legacy students that are you know their parents mm-hmm. went there their grandparents went there or something you know and so they're just like keeping the tradition and I know with BYU right. Idaho, the a lot of students go there for the cheaper tuition, even and then mm-hmm. even though they don't fully believe in the church or whatever, they just they just go there and then they right. leave the they graduate and then they don't really do anything in the church anymore and they and just then they do right do their own thing. So I don't know if you right. have any insight on that or um yeah, so I can only speak for the little bit of uh, interaction I've had with some students that I work with. So uh, I, we had one who he has graduated, um, who I learned so much from, and then we have a current student who she is doing as well now. Um, not now, she always has been. That sounds weird, but she, <laughs> no, <you're> um, <laughs> she is a current student. That's what <laughs> um, but it always breaks my heart to hear them talk about it. Because they're so torn as that they love this church. They love, um, it's a part of who they are. I guess maybe more so than they love it, that they've grown up in the church or um, they, they feel some loyalty towards the church. Towards the church. Right. Um, but both of them, they, so they never cross paths in employment, but both of them, have said, you know, I love the church, and so I will never be married. I love the church, and I want to do X, Y, and Z, and so I'm never going to have a relationship in that way. Um, the the student we have currently, uh, it got brought up. So, and I was so proud of her. Like, it got brought up. She was talking to another student of just like they were just getting to know each other, and she said, "Oh, you know, what are you majoring in? What do you want to do?" And so they were talking and just, you know, pretty normal conversation. And she wants to do, like, aerospace engineering, which is pretty oh, cool wow. anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, smart. And, <laughs> right. She's crazy smart. Um, and this other student she was talking to was married. And something got said about, um, oh, you know, that's really cool. What do you want to do when you have kids? Or, like, when you get married. And she's like, well, I'm a lesbian, so that's not not in the cards, basically, is how she... I don't remember the exact word she used. Um, but I was super impressed. Like, she just was like, this is who I am. Like, she wasn't going to try and play it off any other way. But it did break my heart for her that, you know, she is missing out on a fulfilling relationship. Or the church which doesn't seem fair and um, yeah i don't know how else to explain that uh, um for, for her, uh, that seems like a huge a huge ask yeah well and that was the ultimately the i mean i feel like every gay mormon has to go through that um kind of come to a crossroads where you're either going to choose mm-hmm. to stay with the church and see your loyalty there and just have the, and that's, I mean, kudos to those that decide to stay and decide to live that life. But um, for me, mm-hmm. that wasn't, that became not an option for me. So, and so I, and I know that some people that's just kind of, it fits better with their lives or their mindset and their loyalty right. 
church and I know being in the church is comfortable too. So it's what they know. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, but there is a certain, and I know like a lot of gay ex Mormons kind of look down their noses at that. I've been guilty of it too for a while, for the longest time. I was like, oh, well, but it does take a certain amount of strength to be able to be in it still and still choose to um, like practice and also, and that's cool that she was like so open about it. And then just said, that's not in the cards for me, but, um, but I still, I'm a believing Mormon. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting because I, I don't really think about that perspective very much because anymore, because it's not part of my realm. Right. (laughs) Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I totally see why people choose to leave. Yeah. Well, and I've heard it said um, differently where it's, they flip the script and they say, okay, say, what if homosexuality was the standard, you know, everybody like in the church, like everybody in the church was gay. And then, um, but then you were straight and you were told that you had to be gay to right. and you were had to marry somebody of the same gender how would mm-hmm. you feel about that you know like just kind of taking right. that perspective on it it's kind of and I thought about I was like I never thought about it that way which is weird because I should have but like you know just like right yeah right yeah well and so our other student as well so he he made some very similar comments um but I think I hit him at that crossroads where he was kind of deciding what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a, we had a lot of good relationships, like, or good conversations. Um, just because he needed somebody to talk to. And I happened to be there as a safe person, I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, cause like so many, so often people assume being gay is about sex. And it's about all these other things, all the physicality mm-hmm. of it. And, you know, he's like, really? It's that deep emotional connection with somebody. He's like, and how exactly. can you ask somebody to give that up? You know, yeah. like mental health, emotional health. All of, how do you ask somebody to do that? And yeah. Without it being incredibly damaging. Right. A hundred percent. That's um, like I would go on dates with women and I would just I'd feel feelings for them, but I wouldn't. There was no right. It was there's nothing else there. It was just kind of like, oh, OK, but then. Fine. Yeah, it was like, oh, that was cool, whatever. And um, yeah. it actually took me a while to realize. Um, and I remember the first time I was told exactly what you said, like um, sexuality isn't about just the physical aspects but it's about the emotional connection too and what you who you connect with and that's i remember when she when my friend said that to me and i was like oh you that's totally right why didn't i think of it that way yeah. like i just i always knew but right. i was just like i didn't realize that's what it like what i was feeling that's you know like for. yeah right. she just expressed it in the way that i had been wanting to hear it so um mm-hmm. yeah it's oh man interesting um but it is a huge ask to and i don't know i 
So I guess going back to, I don't really want to hash too much into his talk because it's been hashed over and over, but like the, so the, what were your, what were your thoughts when you heard that talk? And for oh. listeners, I don't know, um, for reference, if you don't know, the Elder Holland's talk about musket fire and um, he talked to BYU. What was it like? A, it was just a devotional, right? It was BYU devotional. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah. anyway, um, you can go on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. So in general, I would say I'm a pretty even filled person of like, hey, you know, like, I want to feel it out. Like, I don't want to just jump to a conclusion. Right. And so uh, I was working at the time. I hadn't watched it live. Um, but I, you know, you start hearing, hearing things on campus and you're like, wait, what's going on? Like he said, what? Mm-hmm. All the things. Um, and so it actually took me a few days to listen to it just because I, I needed to get myself in a headspace right. to be ready to listen to it with, not unbiased but like to take the emotion out of it I guess Mm -hmm. um because there was so much hurt that came from it and hurt from people that I love um and so I kind of had to temper my emotions a little bit before I could listen to it um but I don't know I it made me mad for sure it I was hurt for those people that I love and it took me a while to work through that, through that hurt myself and to mm. figure out how to process that. And I mean, that's only a small fraction of the hurt I know other people felt through that. Um, yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting. I, um, I'm trying to remember, I know people that um that was kind of the tipping point for them they had been like mm-hmm. kind of wanting to leave and then they just that was the one thing that kind of broke this camel's back and they were like okay we'll just, yeah, I'm, I'm out, out. yeah mm-hmm. I can't, um and they didn't want to be associated with the church anymore because of that and yeah. um just fair i mean um absolutely and I, for the longest time, was pretty oblivious to a lot of the goings-on with the church. Like, I was in the military, right. and so I was just kind of, the church went on without me, and I just kind of did my own thing. And um, right. just recently, I've been kind of doing this, I mean, this podcast, and kind of doing a little bit of my my own mental health work with it, because I've realized, like, yeah. how much, how ingrained it is in me. And, mm-hmm. and it's not, I mean, taking the good stuff that I've gotten from the church and being raised in it and then just kind of and also taking the good stuff that I've learned since then and Mm -hmm. um because there's definitely good things about the church obviously and there's um absolutely and there's um so it's I know a lot of the ex-Mormon community paints the church in this obviously in this light of um negativity but and everything they say all the leaders everything they say is bad and everything um Right. And then these talks, these like this come out and you're, and it's like easy, it's an it, easy target for them to absolutely. latch on to and just continue to picking at the wound kind of thing. 
And I actually didn't listen to it. I only listened to it once, read the transcript so that I could like kind of, and I, it was kind of like a couple weeks of there where I was just like really mad and like hurt by it. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of shelved it and moved on. You know, it's still something that's vivid in my mind is something like that I can recall. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I remember that, you know, and I, um, it probably will be like forever something that's always brought up, you know, especially, um, but, uh, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, um, (laughs) I guess maybe just that I've, I, um, it's interesting that you like, you, I, it's good that you took the time to, um, coordinate your own feelings first and like get yourself in a right headspace and not let your yeah. emotions get away with you with it. I think sure. I was not that way. Like I got really, <laughs> really fired up about it and I just, um, and that's okay too. Like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think like we all process those things differently. Yeah. Um, sure. so Let's see, as far as, it's just so, like, it's interesting to think of working at BYU, I don't know, I just, I, there's so many questions I have in my mind, but I'm just, like, trying to. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you think, I will kind of share this one experience. So, oh, yeah. one of the things that I really took from from this experience with this talk and it has stuck with me as I saw a post after the fact of it said intent does not excuse the impact. And so um, that there were so many active members of the church who were like, you know, that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant, but it may not have been what he meant, but it still impacted people in a very hurtful way. Um, And I've used it lot in that in yeah. the last year of that you know so in this post they talk about how you can't be at the gym and accidentally somebody's foot and break their foot and be like oh I didn't mean to so it doesn't hurt uh, you know like um and it's really a- affected the way that I perceive things in that way of you know what I mean none of us are perfect I say things that I shouldn't and hurt people's feelings and, you know, just taking that step back, like, you know what, I didn't think that would hurt your feelings, but it did. And I'm yeah. really sorry that it did, and I shouldn't have said it. Um, and so I think for those within the church, I think that's a good standard to start looking at, that whether that intent was there or not, it still does impact other people. Absolutely. What was that again? In- intent doesn't... It doesn't exist. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, intent doesn't affect impact. Okay. All right. Awesome. Or something like that. No, I yeah. love that. Because um, going back to, so I had several, con- one thing about this talk, I guess, was that I was able to have, it opened doors for conversation with for people sure. that I never thought would have conversations with me about this kind of stuff. So like. Right. I had a cousin reach out to me. I had my aunt reach out to me. Um, well, I, I mm, cousin reached out to me, and then her mom 
reached out to me. Okay. Like, let's see. Because of my response to my cousin, it mm-hmm. wasn't be- like my yeah, anyway. Um, but like I kind of mentioned it earlier, she kind of excused him and said it wasn't his intentions. He was misinterpreted yeah. and and um, that's exactly right. Like maybe his intentions weren't to do that, and um, who knows? Yeah. But that doesn't. I mean, it still impacted a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I mean, I saw some videos of like some complete like anti-gay stuff happening. Like there was somebody they had uh, there's chalk drawings of rainbows and stuff on right in front of this on campus on campus or something. And the, this mm-hmm. kid like I don't know, he vandalized it or but then he also yelled it. I don't. Know, he's did some made some anti-gay comments on video and um the whole gay community and the ex-mormon community came after him and (laughs) um yeah but like that's because of it it allowed those like that talk allowed those people to have a voice too and to give them excuse to act that way so Mm um i this makes me think of also accountability. So um, something about the leaders of the church is that they don't necessarily always take accountability for what they say and with like their, right. the impact that it might have on people. Um, right. And I don't think he ever, I don't think Elder Holland ever came out and said anything in, in retrospect of like, hey, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. But yeah. And I think he's been kind of targeted because of that, too, because, like, oh, Absolutely. Well, why didn't you, if you didn't mean it that way, yeah. then why didn't you come back and say, hey, I didn't right. mean it. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Well, and I think we've discussed before as well that it hurt because it was Elder Holland, yeah. that we never, of any of the apostles, it wasn't who we thought it would be. Right. Um, and so I think for me, that was part of the, the wrapping my brain around because he's usually typically one of the I mean, more I, I, empathetic one leaders. Absolutely. Like he usually, and he's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, sorry to say, but Elder Oaks is the one I would have expected it from. <laughs> but like, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, yeah. But I think that shocked a lot of people. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and you talking about the chalk drawings, I had forgotten completely about that. Yeah. But being on campus that week, it was cool to see the students um, and then what they did in response. Um, you know, there were people offering, you know, if you don't feel safe, I will walk you to home. I'll walk you to class, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. When those chalk drawings had been rinsed off, students showed up every night and redid them for over a week and through rainbows and just encouraging messages of like you belong here and stuff like that and it was really really cool to see that that end of it as well that's really cool um, that's I, very yeah uh it feels like um oh maybe lesser scale but like 9-11 when like the country came together yeah. you know but like <laughs> absolutely um, the same type of thing, like a traumatic experience happens and, you mm-hmm. know, people come together to and support and that's beautiful. It. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, there, it opened up a lot of good conversation. 
of, you know, um, both of, you know, people not understanding why it was hurtful and being willing to listen mm-hmm. and, and vice versa, obviously, people who just wanted to argue. But I, in general, most people were pretty empathetic and pretty um, understanding of why, of why people were hurt by it. Yeah. I can't imagine it being a total hostile environment, BYU, as far as like that goes. Like, it's not like it's when I yeah. think of BYU, I don't think like physical violence or anything. You know, I think maybe words probably right. like, you know, like yeah. I don't imagine. Right. Which are equally as hurtful. Oh, yeah, for sure. And almost even worse because they're um, they longer lasting as far like they last in your Absolutely. brain a lot longer. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting, but also, um, I don't know if you, this is kind of switching gears a little bit, but it kind of goes along with the, the same tone as far as, um, I don't know if you heard about the, well, he's a professor there, uh, Brad Wilcox, Wilcox. you knew that this was coming, but the, um, he, like his talk that was clear out there like out of left field just yeah. kind of like bizarre and just uh-huh. uh, I don't know if you want to speak about it but I the thing that I wanted okay. to bring up is that he has taken accountability at least and that's one thing that's I've Absolutely. I've gotten I'm at least respectful of him in that aspect and that he's at least right. taking it on himself and said hey I didn't they, maybe I shouldn't have said that you know and I don't yeah. I haven't listened to his apologies, but he's done a couple of them. And so I'm just the fact that okay. he's willing to do that has been interesting. But um, yeah, I don't know if you want to have any insight on that or but the. <laughs> yeah, so I actually know Brad Wilcox. Um, oh, yeah. I grew up not that far from him. Um, so it was really interesting on that end to see it. So I haven't watched the talk in full. I just saw the clip that yeah. that got put out with the news or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just because, I mean, I don't know him super well, but I know, I know him. But to watch him, you can kind of see it start to click in his mind. Like, I screwed up. <laughs> like, oh. that was not okay. <laughs> um, as he does it. Uh-huh. But he still carries on. Um, yeah. But it does say a lot that, first of all, he did apologize. Mm. Um, I mean, it it should have happened in the moment of, like, yeah. that's not really what I meant. Let me... Let me rephrase, let me, or let me back yeah. up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, and the other good thing that came of it is BYU came out and said, you know what? This shouldn't have happened we are doing what we need to on our end as well. Uh, We're going to talk to him about it. We're, you know, going through the process of making sure that that this is handled as it should be. And so just the transparency there, uh, you know, of BYU is very aware and they were trying to make it right Mm -hmm. um, as much as they could, Um, which I felt like was a big step. That's not something that typically comes from the church. Or, or BYU. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know about that. That they were um, taking action also, and 
That's good. That's yeah. really good. Um, yeah. I guess going. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place, but I was just thinking about the That's honor code. Like, okay, so the yeah. I guess for listeners who maybe not, I have some listeners that aren't super familiar with BYU and like the honor code. When we talk about the honor code, we're talking about a lot of a lot of things. So there's um. And a lot of you, things. Like, a lot of things. So you can't, like, there's, <laughs> a lot of people focus on the things you can't do as in the honor code, you know? Right. And, like, you're not supposed to be drinking, you're not supposed to be, like, premarital sex, and um, basically, all, you know, you're just holding the standards of the church, basically, and it's upheld by the, is there an honor committee, you said? Like, in the, or is there, like, I don't remember. There's the honor code office on campus. And then, yeah, so there's an honor code office on campus that, that enforces all of that. Okay. Um, but it, I feel like it is church standards on steroids to some yeah, degree. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Because, uh, like, uh, wasn't there a time, I know at BYU Idaho, you can't wear flip flops on campus, and like, there's like you can't stuff wear like that. on campus at BYU Idaho, which I think yeah. is funny. I don't, that seems like a weird. Weird rule, yeah. <laughs> weird rule. I forgot about yeah. that one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> overall, and for a while it was shorts. I don't know if shorts are allowed there. Oh, not, I don't. That's a good point. I don't um, shorts there, but I never went to school in the summer, so. But I'm pretty um, sure you couldn't wear them. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's something you sign when you uh, become a student at any of the BYU campuses and agree to certain standards of, you know, even curfews, um, how long people of the opposite gender can be in your apartment, where they can be in your apartment. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what you can wear, obviously, <laughs> uh, or not wear. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, acceptable behavior, those type of things. Also, men can't have beards. You always have to be clean shaven. Right. Um, right. And always have to kind of, like, clean cut, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. no, like, unnatural hair colors, no extreme mm-hmm. hairstyles, it's like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a weird, quirky thing, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I mean, and I know with uh, Elder Holland, I think with his talk, he was like, I know they're always talking about like BYU, like setting themselves apart from the rest of the world and the rest of the school and schools out there. And um, I think that was part of his point, but then like problematic stuff, but that aside, but like that, I think what he wanted was to kind of bring that out. And I can see that now, but like, um, right. I don't know. A little bit of time. Yeah. I guess to just kind of not rehash it, but I think his intent was to say that, you know, we need more, but not, not even pushback, but we need to be more vocal about our, our beliefs. We need to not, for lack of a better word, be quite so accepting of, of everything. Right. Um, but he took a very violent analogy, in my opinion. Yeah. Of, of using musket fire. Mm-hmm. Um, tying on that was also very poor, considering in the week before, a lesbian couple had been murdered in Utah. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. Um, I forgot about that. The um, their camping. Oh, like yeah. in Moab. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Moab. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I say, I I get what he was going for. I think, but I feel like he could have chosen a different analogy. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I guess kind of circling back to on campus is I know directly after we spoke well within a few weeks and I had a really hard time with it in that way of you know I I really do love my job I love the people I work with I love the mm-hmm. students I work with and what I do but how can I be affiliated with it how yeah. can I um, I don't know stay where I'm at where so many people are hurting by this institution yeah. um, and, and things that are happening here. Um, and so I was very torn that way of, of feeling so pulled and so hurt, but also feeling the desire to stay, um, to be a safe person on campus, to be somebody who, who I will never admit that I want, that I understand it understand everything you know or you know that i'm perfect in in anything um but somebody that's willing to listen at the very least and somebody that's willing to advocate for for people who are struggling in any realm yeah well and as coming from somebody who has been through um i mean byu idaho's whole other level (laughs) like byu provo I feel as like, yeah, it's on steroids, but like, I feel like as far as like the church standards, but I feel like because BYU Idaho is smaller, there's like, it's way more strict. So, um, for sure. And it's a more, yeah. I would say, traditionally centered yeah. community. Oh, for sure. Like, Rexburg itself is very much conservative, traditional. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's, but coming from somebody who is, been in that position and being a gay Mormon, and, but like seeing no safe spaces, you know, and right. um, not having anybody to talk to about it, but like, and hearing that you're putting yourself into that position where you can be a safe space for people that are um, struggling, that are, I think that's huge. And I commend you for that. That's, um, and it's, kind of gives me chills because I'm just like I um I wish I had that as a student at BYU-Idaho and I don't know I hear it's gotten better like you said they had rainbow days mm-hmm. there but like and I yeah. hear there's like a support group there of some sort oh cool um and then but I've also heard <laughs> that they've because of the sport group they got rid of all clubs <laughs> so oh goodness there's yeah, yeah but they had to do it in order to get rid of that club they had to just say no clubs at all so Mm -hmm. um that was uh and that you know that could be just interpretation but i i mean it's kind of obvious (laughs) you know when they um, when they have this like kind of growing club that's happening and they you know they're oh well let's just get rid of we can't have that (laughs) Right. Um, right. It's taboo. We don't talk about such things. Yeah. 
That doesn't yeah. exist. Gay people don't exist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if we ignore it, it just goes away, right? Yeah, yeah. If I can't see it, it's not it's not there, right? That's how that works. <laughs> right. Well, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, but no, in general, I would say because of this, people are more willing to listen and to to consider that their perspective is not a full view. Yeah. And I think that's been good. That's awesome. I, um, um you, yeah. You, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so even this last week at, at work, conversation got brought up about pronouns and, oh. you know, what people prefer. And uh-huh. it got a little heated. So our we're pretty blunt in our office. Like we, yeah. we all have a really good relationship. Um, and so we say what's on our mind. Um, but it was really interesting to see how, um, I don't know the, the right word. It got very emotionally heated, put it that oh, way, yeah. um, of, of people's opinions, which is fine. Like, people are entitled to that. And really, after the fact, I mean, because I tried to be pretty, pretty blunt of like, you know what? This is not that big of a deal. Like, really? Yeah. If that's what they choose, who cares? Yeah. It's not, it's not worth my energy to be upset over. And, you know, anyway. And so we were talking about that and how um, kind of the whole, the whole basis of the church is that we love one another. And mm-hmm. if, if Christ was here, he would love them and call them by what they would want to be called. Yeah. In my opinion. Oh, for you sure. Know, some people would say that's that's incorrect, but in my opinion, that's where we're at. Um, but other people in in our office were arguing arguing basically the the whole English logistics of it that it's confusing and it doesn't make sense. Oh. Um, <laughs> I know it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Oh um, man. <laughs> but we, yeah, but just the opportunity to have that dialogue um, mm-hmm. and say, you know what, it's is it really worth the energy you're putting into this? Like, right. it's in my mind, it's like, um, so like my dad's name, he goes by Bob. His name's Robert. But if he introduced himself and said, hi, I'm Bob, and somebody continues to call him Robert, he's going to be annoyed. Yeah. I, don't, I think that's pretty, pretty fair. Yeah. And so I don't see that any different. Of, yep. Yeah. Well, it's a respect thing for one thing. Like it's for sure. Um, this is how I want to be referred to. So you're gonna, yeah. And it, using the name thing mm-hmm. is perfect. Perfect example. Like you wouldn't want somebody to just call you some random name or something that you don't identify with. That's just not <laughs> right. And um, right. That makes no sense. <laughs> as far as the, I hear, I've heard that that argument about the. English thing where it just doesn't make sense to say mm-hmm. they them when like in every right. like in place and I'm like okay so you can call and I've heard I've been seeing a lot of this lately it's kind of I love it that like you can call a boat she and her and a car right. she and her or you call a dog he him which I mean yeah they have gender but like really they're not human so like you could just like you're sure. 
and we place a lot of the those attributes on inanimate objects, on pets, on you know those kinds right. of things, and we're respectful of those things. Like as far as you know, and right. it adds it adds a connection to those objects mm-hmm. that we might not necessarily have, you know. And so, like, you love your car, so you call it a she, like, uh, and you give it a name, you know, like it's right. basically the same thing then you just but instead right. you're saying they them or she they or whatever you know like and actually just, um one of my friends uh her wife just came out as non-binary and so now okay. we refer to them as they them and it's taken some right. just just a little bit of tweaking you know all i have to do from now and mm-hmm. um her friend, her wife will, let's see, their, their wife. Yeah, that's how, see, see even I, I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> I know, it's more right. just like a, um, but their wife is one of my best friends and she has like taken it upon herself to learn about the experience right. and why and how this coming out and this transition has actually made their connection, their relationship even closer. And it's also made them, um, mm-hmm understand each other more clearly because um and so and there's a lot less friction not that there's friction between them but like there's there's always something um i feel like it sounds like they were there's a lot of something that was kind of holding um them back as far as like mentally and this was kind of just a breakthrough for them and so they um yeah that's it made it more fluid it makes it yeah. more natural yeah and um i'm i was also thinking the other day like why is why do we default to like specific genders like why do we why is like she or he like we would just assume that anyway mm-hmm. like why is why don't we just go the neutral until we know like say they them right and then we know like oh i prefer to be he she you know he or she you know like I'm obviously mm-hmm. he or she, you know, like, or I'm, right. even if you're obviously he or she and you present that way, you know, like you present male or female, yeah. you might not, like my friend's wife, mm-hmm. they present very feminine and like, I would just assume, mm-hmm. you know, but like. Right. Yeah. So really, in my mind, it's just a learning thing. It's something that's changing and we've just got to learn and adjust our vocabulary it's yeah yeah it doesn't need to be this huge political moral ethical thing right that we make it into and really what it comes down to is respect and love like you were talking about like with christ exactly his big thing was love you love yourself love one another as you love yourself and that's all you really need to and everything else falls underneath that like the way you act will right just kind of emanate from that and so, yeah. um, you like if you love one another, you're not going to kill them. If you love one another, you're not going to rape them. Right. If you love one another, you're not going to, you know, yeah. you're just going to be a good person. So, right, <laughs> right. Well, and I like that you brought in that of uh, loving yourself because mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Of that, the scripture goes to love one another as you love yourself, um, and that so often we put ourselves down. Mm-hmm. Um, and think we should be more and think we should do better and do, you know, 
whatever it is. Um, but if we're doing something that makes us more us and makes us love ourselves more and better, you can't walk away from that. Yeah, that's something that you've got to embrace and and uh, lean into for sure. Whether that is uh, your sexuality or uh, things that you believe in or relationships you have, how do you how you refer to yourself, whatever that may be, if it makes you feel better about yourself and love yourself more, it shouldn't be anything else's business. Absolutely. So a huge thing for me has been authenticity, and I think that's you know where that comes in mm-hmm. is just um, yeah, and that's why in essentially when I describe my experience, my journey of like coming yeah. out and leaving the church and all that stuff, whatever you know, all this that's got brought me to where I am now is like I just want to be the most authentic self I can be, and. Um, that's exactly where it comes from. And I love myself more than I ever did. Like I had so much self-hatred and so much um, like depression and all the bad things when I was, um, cause I wasn't right. being myself. I wasn't fully able to love everything about me. And so that's right. huge. That's what comes. And I, you can't love other people if you don't love yourself. And so right. that's, it's hard to, you can pretend. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I, I yeah. was definitely faking a lot of stuff. Like, I was just like faking, I was just going through life living like this double life, you know, feeling like putting on mm-hmm. a, a mask and then going out and um, pretending that everything was fine and inside I'm just dying, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> right, right, right. It's killing you. Yeah. Um, the well, some good stuff. I had some other things that we were. I man, now I lost it though. I was on a roll. We were on a roll. Anyway, but, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, good. I there was a uh, there was oh okay when we so. <laughs> So listeners know that I work at Barnes and Noble, but I um, <laughs> just the other day we found this book in the religious section, right? And it wasn't particularly. Mm-hmm. We have like a little bit of an LDS section, and then the rest is like Christian, and then we have Amish and like and a bunch of Bibles. And uh, anyway, there's this, and then there's this right. Christian living section that's just supposed to be kind of general Christian. And this book was in there, and it was the myths mm-hmm. about self love. And how it's like toxic oh. to be to love yourself kind of thing. And then we were reading like they were like I'm probably gonna do an episode on it, but there's because um, uh-huh. it's a really short book, so I might just like buy it and uh, like yeah. Anyway, go through it because yeah. um, everything there was like five or six points that they they brought up, and they were saying like all these things are, like these were myths, and it was like. There, my friend was reading them to me, and I was like, "I, but I, I believe that. Am I believing a myth? Like I'm just like, wait, wait no. I'm like, right. what's wrong with like, wait, what's wrong with self love? What? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh. Well, and I think I don't know. You talking about that? I think so. Within the church, at least when I was growing up, I mean, I think it's changing. Um, 
it was not okay to question. It was not okay. Absolutely like, not. Yeah. You were, yeah, like mm-hmm. you were less than if you did not know. Um, yeah. And they I question think that your testimony changing, and they good. question your faith and mm-hmm. your righteousness because you're questioning. Right. Right. Where questioning is just part of being human, I think. Well, curiosity and, is where what's gotten us you know, as far as we. Of, Sorry, go on. Oh no, you're good. You you finished. Um, I, human curiosity is what has gotten us to where we are now. Like the reason we have technology, mm-hmm. science, you know, everything that we've discovered is because we've been curious. The human mind is not meant to be stifled, right. and, que- and the questions are not meant to be suppressed. We're supposed to be always wondering. That's just who we are mm-hmm. nat- naturally, and so right. when we're told stuff and we don't understand, like we aren't, we're like, wait, why is that? You know, and we're asking why. There's a reason for that. It's because something's not quite right. connecting, and so, right. And the more you discover that, the more you can discover more about yourself and about the world around you and your place in it. So exactly, and I think that applies within church families as well is at least for me like i would say i have been really hard for me church twice um there was a point where i very much questioned everything and it was very much kind of at that crossroads of it mm-hmm. can go one way or the other um where i was going to church because that's what i was supposed to do kind of thing mm-hmm. and it does make it a little trickier where i have kids that's where oh, it kind of yeah you know, if it was just me, I think it may have looked a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of those questions, I have been able to dive a little bit deeper and, you know, figure out what it looked like for me. And that's kind of what I've learned in those, these last few years. Of, I First of all, I don't have to understand everything. There's yeah. things that I just, I don't get, that I don't agree with, that I still struggle with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's things that I really love about the church as well um, and I, the other thing that I love is uh, so when I was at BYU I graduated from BYU um, I took a world religions class and my professor talked about it's called holy MD um, that basically we don't have a monopoly on truth that there is truth and beauty and true doctrine everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that holy envy of, you know, the Passover is really, really beautiful, you know, and seeing the good in the um, experiences that people have. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um... So while you're, I do have a, okay, you can feel free to not answer this question if you don't want to, but uh, so I guess when, when you're talking, when you're talking about that, like the questioning and um, how you were, came to a crossroads, I guess I would just want to know more of like, you don't have to get too personal, but um, where was it the, your family that kind of tilted you to think? to stay and just to and to continue on 
the path or was it um what was it that was there something that made you like uh, your love for the church or you know what what was it that kind of justified continuing staying. I, but yeah staying yeah <laughs> yeah no um so i think for me honestly it was being self-assured enough to pick and choose what I was willing to accept in the gospel mm-hmm. of it wasn't a take take everything or leave everything mm-hmm. um, that I could say you know how the policies uh, for my gay friends and family are not okay and I am not okay with that um, but the blessings of eternal families I are worth it for me you know that mm-hmm. To some degree, I've heard it being called a cafeteria Mormon, of basically picking and choosing what where you're at. Um, and so I think it just took some time for me to, to figure out that that was okay, mm-hmm. that it didn't have to be all or nothing. Well, and that's interesting because the, like we were talking about earlier a little bit, how mm-hmm. back in, you know, back in, 20 years ago like being a cafeteria mormon was definitely like not even heard of and i think we're seeing this more now right where i have another friend mm-hmm. who uh she was in the church and then she and i left kind of around the same time that she's gone back and she's married in the temple and she has okay. a kid and she's very active in the church again but she kind of talks the same way in that mm-hmm. she's doing she basically says she's doing it her way Instead of like, yeah. instead of the, and she's she loves the gospel enough that she's going to, and it gives her the structure and it gives her the, mm-hmm. and she likes the beauty of the eternal family in um, the teachings right. of that, and so she's taking that and it works for her, and I I support right. if it works for you and it's not hurting other people as far as like, right, I mean maybe yeah the policies. And yeah, we can get into that. Like, yeah, no, it's just absolutely. what you want to, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you, if you, if what, if it works for you, then that's fine. That's like, just like how, like, um, mm-hmm. my friends that are gay that are, have stayed in the church and that are, you know, married to, they have what they call a mixed orientation marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like, if that works for them, that's fine. But, right and as as long as it's not detrimental to them you know or to other Mm -hmm. people i guess as far as you know right and if it's if it's your vibe then that's your vibe so (laughs) right and i guess very similar to how i approached it at work is probably pretty similar to how i approached it with church is um you know somebody's got to Stay and advocate. Somebody's got to stay and be in a safe place. Because yeah. um, if we all leave, we're not making any progress. We're not making anyone better by doing that. Because um, it's so easy to ask the church to have a higher standard, mm-hmm. but what are we doing to help it get there? It's mm-hmm. kind of where where I'm at. Is yeah. Um, to be in places where those those conversations can happen and where 
Um, like I say, right now I'm serving as a really society president, which not my not my jam, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but to be in places where I can be in a meeting and say, what are we doing for these youth? What are we doing for so-and-so in the ward who, you know, is gay or is, you know, you know, whatever it may be, whatever that struggle may be, of how how are we loving them? How are we including them in the church? Um, and just making it a place, a safer place to be. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. The, um, and I do know, so that I had a listener write in, I read their um, email on a mini-sode a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they're a teen that is um, le- lesbian, I'm assuming. I, they're on the in the LGBT commu- community, and they have a girlfriend, mm-hmm. 16 years old. Uh, the Their home is kind of, sounds hostile, and that the parents just aren't mm-hmm. accepting of any of that, and forcing them to go to church, and, you know, doing, right. and... Um, and it's good to have people like just like to have people like you that would be a safe space for them, just like with, mm-hmm. with work, but like somebody at church where they that's not necessarily even just right. even their bishop. You know, some people aren't comfortable going to the bishop. So like having somebody that they right. know is um, going to listen to them would be. It's right. And also right. allowing people like you allows for. A questioning attitude to be in the church mm-hmm. to be be there to right. allow for more like different perspectives like oh i didn't think about it that way you know that kind of and so mm-hmm. um i do think that that's happening more which is good right right and i kind of take i mean it, with anything is my road is not your road is i can i'm happy always happy to listen i'm happy to give you my opinion but you've got to do you and it's not going to as what my, my life is by intention. Like it's you, you create your own unique experience. Um, and as long as that's coming from that authentic place, I'll love you no matter what direction you choose to go. Um, that's, that's beautiful. Um, I think, I, yeah, I think, I think that's, yeah, I don't, I don't have any other questions for you. I don't think, um, <laughs> <laughs> did you have anything else you wanted to bring things that you wanted to bring up or, um, Oh, I think, I think we covered a lot of, yeah, we did. We covered a lot of ground. <laughs> we were all over the place. That's how I am. Yes, no, I love it. I love it. I these type of conversations are are things that fill me for sure. Of uh, I love those conversations of getting to to discuss with you broaden my own perspective. Yeah. Well, I've been excited to have uh, your perspective on here simply because. Um, this platform's usually, I mean, a lot of my guests have been, all my guests have been ex-Mormon, um, and they right. talk about, like, their journey leaving, but um, it's interesting to hear from somebody who's 
actually even questioned and you know and right. still stayed and um and but is finding a niche and is finding a way to still advocate for people that are that need it but also um but also advocating for yourself and being um and standing as being able to do kind of both in a way and that is unique and helpful to other people and to right. yourself for sure for sure yeah i i appreciate the conversation i'm glad we were able to do it yeah finally <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i mean and if you're ever willing to do it again we can have it on there again <laughs> Absolutely. Yay. maybe we could do a book review or something <laughs> always willing yeah absolutely <laughs> that's where this relationship started was books that's yeah exactly always always been to that yeah <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah all right listeners um thank you for listening and um I always never I never know how to end these things so <laughs> I know one time I said you'll be hearing from me again and that's not what I want to do so I mean you can <laughs> choose to hear from me again you can listen to me again anyway remember to rate review, review and subscribe um, and I thank you again for being a guest on the show I almost said your name but I'm not going to so <laughs> on that note have a beautiful day